Bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between, this is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. Another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, your weekly roundup of everything going on in Districts 1 and 2 up north in Idaho. Brandon Bainey is always joined by Ryan Skaggs. Ryan, what's going on? Not too much. How are you doing today? Yeah, doing good. Doing good. Um, let's just get right into it because, it, man, there's a lot... There's a lot, a lot of meat on the bone today. <laughs> There's a lot going on up north. Hey, I, I, I feel like that's going to be an episode title all of a sudden now. <laughs> it is. You know what? I'm, I'm getting the pen out and I'm writing that down right now. A lot of meat on the bone. All right. Hey, yeah. let's backtrack to last week super quick because as we were recording last week's podcast, it was on National Signing Day. Um mm-hmm. Back in the day, it was the only signing day, but now with the early signing period and the waiver period and transfers and all that stuff, it's kind of watered it down a little bit. But the the true, legit national signing day was last week. A lot of athletes uh, up north, a lot of good football players ended up uh, signing. And you kind of have uh, not all of them. That would be, I mean, we would be here till 10 o'clock tonight, but you've got some I'm of the close. big ones. I'm close, yeah. Close, um, yes. So, yeah, I'll run through, I think, team by team. But, I mean, obviously, you're kind of led by – uh, we all knew Cameron Cope from Coeur d'Alene was headed to Weber State, but a, a cool signing, a great one, a local one, Cruz Hepburn going to the University of Idaho. Uh, they're expecting, I think they're going to try to use him on the defensive side of the ball, um, which is interesting. And I think that he, you know, if he matures still, he could still probably see some special teams time too, um, just because he is a threat. I mean, he's faster than all get out. So uh, Blake Hill from Lewiston's going to College of Idaho as well. So another, you know, staying in state. Uh, Wyatt Sanford, Jackson, Washington, and Gunnar Julio are all the trios headed to Carroll College, um, which is a, a great get by the Saints. I think that's a that's an awesome group of guys to get. And I know there's still a few offers floating around out there for a couple more quarterline kids that could be heading that way. We'll see uh, what happens. But uh, Noah Niamela signed with Arizona Christian. So, I mean, another quarterline kid headed uh, to play college. Uh, Sandpoint's Luke McCorkle signed with Whitworth University. Um, as did Carson Tucker from Post Falls. Zach Clark, the DB from Post Falls, signed with Montana Tech. Um, then you had the the duo from Mullen St. Regis, Luke Trogdon going to Montana Tech, and Adam Ball headed to Rocky Mountain. Um, Moscow had a couple guys sign with Cody Isaacson uh, headed to Montana Western, and Leon Hutton's going to go to Dakota Wesleyan. And then uh, kind of rounding out the group is Brody Hasselstrom from Prairie headed to Eastern Oregon. Um, which I believe is his dad's alma mater, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, pretty cool that those kids get a chance to play at the next level. I don't care what level you're playing uh, to go on and play college ball is uh, is pretty outstanding. And I've reached out to a few kids like Isaiah Griffin, Jackson Berger, Alden Waddington, Austin Portner, Josiah Weaver, Bridger Stevens, and Wyatt Potter. They're still waiting to make a decision. Uh, they would like to play at the next level, but they just haven't decided on where. So that's what we've got. Yeah, it's uh, super exciting. Just on the surface level, College of Idaho made a big mistake, I think, letting Brody Hasselstrom go. Uh, I, I did an interview uh, when, when you were out uh, this fall. Uh, you were out sick, and we were yeah. uh, having lots of guest hosts. I had I had Coach Hasselstrom and Brody on as guests on one of the podcasts one week, and uh, they, um, yeah, they were talking about, yeah, we just took our visit to the College of Idaho. You know, we're still kind of looking around, and yeah, I don't know what happened. Eastern Oregon came in and gave a good pitch, and um, it's tough for for the Yotes to lose an in-state kid like that. But good good job for Eastern Oregon, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I had a couple of relatives that went to Eastern Oregon and played there too. So, um, 
you know, I could say the Mounties did all right there with, the, with, with getting the, getting their guys. But, um, you know, the Mullen St. Regis duo going and playing um, Montana Tech and Rocky Mountain between Adam Ball and Luke Trogg. That's awesome. I mean, for, for a small school, I love to see the eight-man guys and Brody Hasselstrom included um, throw their hat in the mix and be able to play at the next level because they, they showed it week in and week out and getting a chance to go from, uh, you know, a graduating class of, of 12 um, to playing college football is pretty awesome. So, yeah. And, and Cruz Hepburn going to Idaho with the old coaching staff. I'm not sure that happens, uh, to be honest, they, no. the, 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 the kids in Idaho have been neglected for far too long by both the Vandals and Idaho state and yeah. both with new coaching staffs have done a great job of, of making that a, a renewed commitment to, to getting some of those players so. and coach Eck showing up late in the game in the recruiting um arena and getting a top 10 class in the fcs is outstanding and i'll say idaho state's recruiting class is right up there too they got some studs um especially you know you get the likes of like tiger at all and stuff like that there's there's those dudes that are heading around and and the big name kids are are now looking at the in-state schools which is which is awesome to see so um you know i see that continuing just talking to a couple of coaches and with with them getting the vandals bringing in thomas ford um, I think that's going to bring in a, a Pacific Northwest pipeline into Moscow. And uh, I really see the Vandals. They're going to turn the tide pretty dang quick with that staff. Yeah, it's it's been a, a, a big turnaround already in just a very short amount of time. The, the Coeur d'Alene Press had a nice uh, chat with Coach Eck while he was swinging through on the recruiting trail. It was a, it was a good read this week. You can check that yeah. out at cdapress.com. Um, okay, let's let's move. Gunner Julio gonna play college football, but until that happens, he's he's still eyeing in on on some wrestling hardware um, and uh, wrestling action. We're getting towards the very end of the regular season, Ryan. Yeah, so the last date on the schedule for Coeur d'Alene and Post Falls, they're gonna be wrestling tomorrow um, at Coeur d'Alene. The winner of that obviously will take the de facto uh, league championship, um, which I mean, in a head-to-head duel. I know that they really care about state. That's really what matters to both those programs. But Coach uh, Reardon's Trojans group, they're they're rolling. They're uh, they're starting to peak at the right time later in the year. I know that there was some question marks in their lineup with how young they were, um, but they've been they've been on a tear lately. And Coeur d'Alene's just been consistent, and they've been getting healthier and healthier. And uh, both those teams, I think, are going to make a push to the podium at state. Uh, Coeur d'Alene especially, if they can have a strong showing at districts and if they can get a couple guys per weight class, uh, might be able to do some damage and close that distance between them and Meridian and possibly getting a state title. So, I mean, I'd love to see Gunner get that fourth title too. That's that's awesome. Um, they've got Ryan, Rylan Rogers, who's head and shoulders the best wrestler in the state of Idaho. Um, but, uh, you know, for making those steps in what they've done, both programs, I mean, hats off to both, both coaching staffs because, you know, I think everybody knew Coeur d'Alene was going to be good, and I think that they are a definite title contender. I don't think Post Falls got the notoriety early, but you know, Coach Reardon and his his crew, they are doing a great job with that young Trojans team. And they have the history too. I mean, just yep. program pedigree. No, nobody can match it in five A wrestling with what Post Falls has accomplished. So yeah, that's going to be a huge duel, and that is that's tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow night, that, yeah, Coeur d'Alene uh, High School. Thursday night, the 10th, we're recording this on Wednesday, February 9th. Uh, let's, let's check in now on your North Idaho nine. This is a feature we do every week on IdahoSports.com, where, uh, Ryan weighs in with his nine best boys and girls basketball teams, the nine best boys teams, the nine best girls team, 
doesn't matter what classification. These are his personal power rankings of the nine best teams up north. The North Idaho nine, or as we're discovering sometimes, Ryan, the North Idaho nine plus one. Yeah, <laughs> the asterisk, got. throw the asterisk in there. Yeah, we, we had that last <laughs> week and we have it again this week. Let's take a look. Let's start with boys basketball. We'll, we'll wrap up with girls because there were some big results that happened uh, last night. So, yeah, um, boys yeah, basketball. Win. Yeah, yeah Lapway still at number one for me. Um, they got a big win over St. Mary's last night. Finally got a game where they could keep the starters in after, you know, most of the way through the fourth quarter. Um, so I say that jokingly, but I'm serious that Lapway's only been playing their starters for about two and a half quarters a game um, the last like month of the season. So that's how good this Wildcat team is. But I've got them at number one. Lake City, I've got it at number two, even with the tough loss to Lewiston. Uh, the gritty Bengals team, they come in at four. I got Coeur at three. They got the head-to-head over Lewiston. Uh, last week and then Lewis in a four St. Mary's comes in at five. So they did drop a couple spots. Um, nothing against, you know, the, the lumberjacks they are still a great team and still a definite threat in two a, um, I just think, you know, that lap team, you know, kind of showed a, a little bit of, um, well, I mean, they show a lot of, you know, vulnerabilities to everybody that they play, but I've got Moscow at six Camia at seven lakeside cracks in it eight with a big win last night over Logos in a one possession game. I mean, that's, that's, that was a, we knew that was going to be a good game and, and Lakeside showed up and uh tie between Kellogg and Prairie at nine. Um, have a really tough time. The, the Wildcats are on a roll and, you know, Prairie's been consistent. They're ranked. I mean, there's nothing the Pirates are really doing wrong except for, you know, they did suffer a tough loss to Kamei again last week. Um, and then they also got swept by Lapway in the season series, but um, you know, Got to give credit where credit's due, and I, I and I look at Lakeside as the underdog, kind of unsung, flying under the radar team because they had so much time off because of COVID, and they've got Vander Brown, who I know that you know we really like on this this podcast. We talk about him a lot. He might be the fourth best player that's not on Lapway's roster. So I would say like Lapway's got the top three players at one AD one. Lakeside probably has the fourth best guy in Vander Brown, um, who's averaging well over twenty five points a game. And he can just take over. Um, so the Knights are a team to be reckoned with as we get closer to state. But that's my uh, my North Idaho nine this week. Yeah, it looks really good. And and that one AD one race is going to be fascinating in terms of not. I mean, Lapway is so far ahead of the field at this point. Yep. If they don't win state, like something went horribly, horribly wrong. Like this yes. is an all time historic team. But the race for the other spots is is more intriguing than any other level up north because in their own district, you've got Kamii at 10 and 3, Prairie at 9 and 4, Logos at 8 and 5. They're all right there within two games of each other. Uh, yep. only, only the top two from districts are guaranteed to get to state. Whoever takes third out of that group will have to play more than likely Lakeside in a, yep. in a play-in game. And, you know, we talked earlier in the season – yeah, I'm not sure that anyone from District 1 has what it takes to take out the third-place team from District 3. I've been saying Lakeside all year. Yeah. I've so, been sticking to my guns. <laughs> yeah, so so it's it's weird how it's shifted now where uh, we thought on the both the girls and the boys, yeah, White Pine League is going to get three teams to state easy. And now it's not like so with, with, the, with the Wallace girls and the Lakeside boys, that's and actually going to be girls. Yeah. They split with Wallace. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're right there, too. So as, uh, as Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. Uh, yeah, no, the, the, the 
I think that the the scales are balancing a little bit. I mean, you take out the outliers of Lapway and I think the Prairie and Lapway girls, and you look at the, the whole the whole picture. It's pretty dang balanced. And so, I mean, if you get a play-in game between Prairie or Logos or Kamii and Lakeside, I mean, that's a state semifinal game in my book. And one of those teams is going to go home. Yeah, it's just it's too bad. It's the way it goes. I know podcast, another podcast for another day, but yeah. <laughs> yes, that has been getting a lot of traction on Twitter last week, uh, possibly expanding the state playoffs. Now, this is not anything that's on the uh, radar of the IHSAA. This is just no. fan talk, but um, there, there's a lot of momentum for, for that movement to, to, to try and make sure we get the eight best teams in state. And that's, yeah, that's an off-season podcast for sure. And uh, maybe we'll make a post on that, a friendly reminder sportsboards.com that's the online message boards where fans can go and mix it up it's really starting to heat up we're getting a lot of good posts uh, a lot of good quality content uh i don't know if you saw what's going on at highland high school with their boys oh Uh, boy that's that's been a hot topic on the boards uh today so um imagine (laughs) yeah weigh in it's super easy it's totally free to to create a username and um yeah we're on there talking if you want to talk to myself or paul kingsbury or you know any of the idaho state uh, Idaho sports.com people um, we're, we're all on there. It's, it's a lot. Of, it's a good way for fans to interact. So sportsboards.com. go get signed up and, and weigh in on all the hot topics. So yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. You know, the one thing that we're, we're noticing too, in the boys side, you know, is that we're starting to see our district seeds kind of shuffle out. Now we're starting to be able to pick our favorites. Obviously um, I, we said last week in the, in the prep cast that this week was going to be a pretty telling week. Um, you know, the next like 10 days, we're going to find out a lot about what we're going to see headed towards state. And I think we're starting to see that with Kamii beating Prairie again. And then you got the Lakeside Logos game last night. That was an excellent ball game. Um, you know, and then we had obviously on the girls side, you get a one point game between Wallace and, uh, Lakeside. So, you know, last week in, in their matchup and they're going to play again at NIC, uh, for the district championship on the girls side. So there's just a bunch of stuff going on that. Um, we're starting to see things shake out, but like on the five, a side, you know, Lake city is the number one seed. I mean, head far and away. I think they've kind of distanced themselves, even with the loss to Lewiston. Um, and they got some help from Coeur behind them, uh, which I think kind of helped shuffle the seating a little bit more even. And now they're just playing the four, a schedule to wrap out the regular season. But, um, the four A's will be interesting because, you know, Lakeland beat Sandpoint you know, in the head to head in the season and then Moscow and Lake Moscow's got the one seed still, but Lakeland's making a run. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see if the Hawks can, can step in there and maybe sneak a game from the bears and, you know, make the, uh, the district race a little bit tighter. I think the Hawks aren't a bad team by any means. They play great defense. So, um, you know, there's a great story that was posted on Twitter that I retweeted about case and Lautzenheiser and how good he is on defense for the Hawks. And, uh, so I think the 4A race is definitely going to be heating up as we we head towards district time on the boys' side. Yeah, a lot a lot of the top seeds are locked in, like you said, in, in the 5A. Lake City is the one. Coeur d'Alene is the two. Lewiston is the three. That's pretty much mm-hmm. set. 3A, Kellogg uh, only has one game left, so they will be the regular season champs. They'll be the number yep. one seeded districts in the IML. Uh, St. Mary's uh, is the one seed for, for the two A's, um, and we just talked about the one A's. Um, for the 4A race, Ryan, it's I think it's going to come down to the regular season finale for Moscow. So we're at the point now because it's the combined 5A, 4A Inland Empire League. 
Yep. Uh, we're at we're at the point now where all of the four A's are are shoehorning in those games against the five A's, right? Yep. Like if you if you look at Moscow, uh, what do they have left? Well, they've got the five A's. They've got I think Coeur they've got Lane tonight. Yeah. Yes, Coeur d'Alene tonight, Lewiston Friday, and Post Falls Wednesday. Lakeland beat Post Falls last yep. week, and yep, that was a big that was a big win for the Hawks. That was the first one I think since 2004. I think yeah. was the last time that they beat Post Falls. So that was a huge win for Lakeland getting that victory over the Trojans. Yeah, and so the way the standings are right now in the 4A IEL, Moscow is four and one in conference play. Lakeland just a game behind, three and two. And you you have to figure that Moscow is probably not going to beat, you know, Coeur d'Alene or Lewiston. I, I just don't see it. Ha- it could happen, but it's it's not likely. So I think it all comes down to that to that post falls game. If Moscow wins that, they're the outright league champ. If they don't win that game against post falls, then they potentially could be tied with Lakeland, but they swept the Hawks in, in yep. the regular season. So no matter how you slice it, Moscow is looking really good to the point where for Lakeland to really make a run, they play Lewiston, Coeur d'Alene, and Lake City to wrap up their year. They would they would need to knock off one of those five A powers, which is a that's a tall <laughs> tall order. Yeah, <laughs> you got to play the top. Basically, you're playing the top five schedule at five A <laughs> like to yes. round out your season. That's not a it's not a good draw for the Hawks to end the season. But no. you know, I mean, like I said, there's a lot to be said if they can play a couple tough games in there in that stretch uh, just to give a shot in the arm of confidence heading into districts. You never know what happens. We've seen weird things happen in the forays that you get some shockers. And so it uh, wouldn't surprise me by any means if Lakeland, you know, they get into that three game series and Lakeland steals a game. I don't know, but um, it'll be uh, definitely interesting to see how things shake up. The four, I think is kind of the big question mark, the three, a two, to an extent, I don't really know if anybody really wants to win the 3A right now as much as they're playing, beating up on one another. So, uh, I mean, Kellogg has kind of distanced themselves a bit for the regular season title, but Priest River and Bonneries Ferry are both pretty even in there too. And then, you know, so it'll be an, an interesting uh, matchup as we hit districts on the boys' side. Well, and I, I felt so bad for Priest River. La- uh, Monday night, they played Bonners Ferry and lost 68 to 52 so if you just look at the score you go oh okay bonners ferry clearly cemented themselves as the second best team well right before the game like game day priest river's best player trenton krieger had to be rushed to the hospital for an emergency appendectomy yep like so i mean what do you do if you're priest river and 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 despite that they kept it pretty close i mean they, they lost by 16 that's pretty respectable without your your go-to guy yeah, and I've been there with the emergency appendectomy, and you know I don't want to write off. I don't know how bad the situation was, and hopefully it didn't rupture because it two totally different things. Just having it removed or having it rupture on recover the recovery scale. Um, but you know, hope you know th- prayers are with with Krieger because like that's just sucks. But um, you know, like we look at Priest River and it's like, how do they recover for that? I mean, I don't want to say scratch them off the list, but maybe they get scrappy and they steal a game. Um, you know, Bonner's Ferry's out there. Timberlake stole a game too. And so, um, you know, it's, it's not like Timberlake, you know, you look at them, it's not like they're like the basement dweller. They've got like eight or nine wins on the year. It's just that, you know, they haven't been able to kind of overcome the mountain against their league opponents other than the one league win. So, uh, districts will be interesting to see if, you know, Bonner's Ferry, I wouldn't be surprised if Bonner's comes out of this and, sneaks a district title it wouldn't surprise me one bit i mean the badgers are a good team and especially if they can get hot down the stretch and can shoot from outside i think they'll be they'll keep themselves in the game 
Well, uh, we talked about going into the season. Um, it's kind of like the uh, the old NFC South used to be, where there was a different division winner every year, right? The last three years, uh, it's been Timberlake, it's been Bonner's, or excuse me, it's been Timberlake, it's been Priest River, it's been Kellogg, and so you would say, okay, next up in the batting order, it's Bonner's Ferry, right? <laughs> yeah, they've had yeah. they've had three different representatives at state the last three years, so uh, yeah, it's the Badgers' turn, I guess. So that'll yep. be a lot of fun to watch for sure. Yeah, yeah. Girls, uh, huh? <laughs> what's that i said we can go talk about the girls now because there's a lot there's a lot there <laughs> oh man there was some great action up north last night to tuesday night a couple of district title matchups um that went the way i don't think people uh from outside the north thought they were gonna go now maybe observers up north thought things would go differently but let's just start with your north idaho nine for girls basketball and a lot of these teams are moving on to state. Of course, not every team will get to move to state because of representation and all that yep. garbage. But <laughs> it's, a, it's not garbage. But, it, you know, it's you just... find us on sportsports.com. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll have that discussion. Um, yeah. So for the girls side, I've got Lake City at one, uh, Coeur d'Alene two, Grangeville three, Post Falls at four. Um, which, I mean, you look at that, you got Coeur d'Alene Post Falls playing in a loser out game to play in a play-in game is just, that's so tough, man, Yeah. Um, to see because they're such good programs. Uh, Prairie at five, Kellogg jumps up to six, Slapway up at seven, Timberlake drops a couple spots to number eight, and Kendrick at number nine, and just missing the cut is Wallace and Lakeside, who actually just so happen to be playing, I believe, tomorrow um for the uh, scenic idaho title so yeah get your popcorn ready that's gonna be yeah that's gonna be another day the last time they played it was a one-point game so should be another another great ball game between those two two teams yeah i think the biggest story to come out of last night's action actually was in the intermountain league in the in the the 3a district title Uh, just the manner in which they did it too like yeah, so so earlier this year we talked about Timberlake had that 42 game IML win streak. I mean, they had just have dominated the league for several years now. And Kellogg got him in overtime and and snapped that 42 game win streak. Now, Timberlake still got the number 1 seed at districts based on the tiebreaker. Um yep. and Kellogg was the 2 seed, but they both won their first round games, moved into the district championship, and last night Kellogg put everybody on notice. 50 to 39, an 11-point victory over Timberlake. It's not often you hold Timberlake to below 40 points, so that was no, very impressive. Not at all. It was a very impressive outing by Kellogg to to get that victory, and that was the first trip, our uh, first yeah, first trip to state since 2010 for Kellogg. So, uh, first district title in a long time for them too. So, uh, congratulations to the to Lady Wildcats. That's a great win over a really really good Timberlake team that you know still. You know, I think both those teams are forces to be reckoned with. I don't think teams can really overlook the, either one of them anymore, especially Kellogg. The way they play down low, with Haley Cheney is just absolutely a stud down low. And uh, I don't know. There's she's a matchup nightmare for a lot of for a lot of teams, especially if they don't have size that can match. You know what what Kellogg brings to the lineup. So Kellogg is a pretty tall lineup with with decent guard play. So they're going to be a matchup nightmare come this come the state tournament. And now Timberlake will have to play Bonner's Ferry tonight at six o'clock in uh, the basically the second place game. Loser yep. stays home for state. Winner advances to a state play-in game where they will play the third place team from District Three. 
and we talked about you know that district we thought maybe not quite up to par uh, the top two teams are Cole Valley yep. Christian and Melba they're playing in the championship game tomorrow night um, but right now you've got New Plymouth and Ambrose playing tomorrow night as well. And the winner of that game will advance to the state play-in game to play either Timberlake or Bonners Ferry. If it's Timberlake, I I, I would say Tigers fans, go ahead and book it. Um, because New Plymouth... Are you talking about two-way? Oh, 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 yeah, 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 sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, you're missing like Homedale, Payette, Fruitland. Yes, yeah. <laughs> man, that was bad. Like I got crossovers now, all right. <laughs> <laughs> How wild would that be? You have to play uh, the two way. No, okay, yes, we're All getting right. the basketball realm there. So, <laughs> yes, Th- thank you for getting me back on track because there's a lot going on right now. With uh, I bracket. figured. <laughs> okay, D- same same scenario. They're playing the third place team from District Three. Fruitland and Parma are the top two teams. They're playing for the district title. Weezer is playing McCall Donnelly uh, tomorrow night for third place and the winner of that advances to the playing game same deal if you're yep. a timberlake fan I'd go ahead and book it i mean i don't yeah. think first of all i think weezer probably is the team that uh you'll be playing in the state playing game um and i just don't see weezer knocking off timberlake timberlake's got just such i mean good coaching uh to start and yeah it's a lot of new faces but guess what they they all had older sisters that yep p- that played for timberlake in recent memory. So they, I mean, they're part of the winning culture. The, yeah. These, these kids that are playing for Timberlake, I mean, you know, not long ago they were sitting in the stands watching Timberlake win state championships, you know, so they saw the journey either, like you said, sisters or cousins or whoever that were on the team. Um, so there's a pedigree that kind of goes into it. And, you know, you watch it, even an 11 point loss last night, you know, the Timberlake team didn't really panic. And um, it's just, I think it was, Kellogg was just being, absolutely dominant in that game um i know that i think it was mark nelke from the quarterline press was there um and he was kind of keeping us up to date on what was going on but like you I mean hats off to kellogg but timberlake they're they're going to be in the mix and especially as athletic as they are they're a dangerous team but absolutely i wouldn't say punch your ticket with abs you know absolutes there because there's nothing absolute but they're my favorite to to still be winning that play-in game and i like i like the north and all the play-in games this year yeah, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that. The other big story that came out last night was at the 5A level. Certainly, uh, fans of the North Idaho 9 will notice there's a new number one team this week, and that is because Lake City defeated Coeur d'Alene in a very entertaining district championship game, 63-57. to 57. And so Lake City gets the auto bid to state, and now you've got Coeur d'Alene having to turn around and play post falls Thursday night. Winner gets to go to a play-in game, and whoever wins that game, I think, absolutely rolls in the play-in game. Over, it's going to be yep. against either a Waihee or Rocky Mountain from yep. District Three, and whoever yep. whoever gets there advances to state. But this this is the game. This is this is where I just it's hard for me to imagine Coeur d'Alene with Skylar Burke and Maddie Simmons and and Nicole Simmons coaching and yep. all of the all of the 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 talent they've had this year to not make it to state just makes me sick and and same for post falls post falls yeah. is also had a very great season but the, but this is it it's do or die time right now yeah and this is where i'd love to see the 16 team with that first round you know loser out playing game like i'd love to see that because you get some of these teams like post falls on a neutral court against a you know a district three number three team 
or so, you know, just or go district five, six, number two or number three. I would love to see that game um, just because I think you're, you would get the best eight teams to state in that situation. And I think the North realistically has, you know, I would say the top six, you know, three of the top six teams in the state. Uh, Post Falls is just is a good, good team. And to see like one of these two teams going home and not playing in the postseason is just it's kind of I don't want to say crushing, but it's just it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth because it's better than that. It's like you think that there should be better opportunities to like level that playing field. But, um, you know, the, the system is what it is and you have to play within the, the, the guidelines and the the rules that were voted on by coaches at one point in time uh, to use these max preps rankings for the seedings. But like each league gets x number of bids um it's tough but you know the the one and a half for the north i think is kind of an insult i would love to see a two team automatic bid um and then maybe the third seed plays like a you know play-in game if that was better situation but you know that's not how it works but yeah lake city last night in that win was that was an awesome win for that team and Coeur d'Alene, i don't you know i don't think we the thing is i don't think either team really showed a weakness in that game and you know, this is the third time they played each other this season, and every time it's like, you know, offenses go bananas in that game. Um, and, you know, this time it was just Lake City getting a little bit more streaky from beyond the arc, and that was the difference in the ball game. Lake City was able to shoot the lights out from three, and that was the kind of the difference maker. And, you know, hats off to, to Kendall Pickford and the lone senior on that roster getting to state with that Lake City team is, is absolutely awesome. So congrats to the T-Wolves on their district title, and I think that, you know, they, they do have to be taken a deep look at as the favorite for state right now. Yeah, that's right. They uh, won the girls soccer title uh, earlier this fall, and now they're back in the mix in girls basketball, doing, doing a tremendous job. Okay. Coeur d'Alene and Post Falls played twice this year. The first matchup was pretty good. Coeur d'Alene won 58-53. The rematch in late January, Coeur d'Alene won going away 51-33. What yeah. do you see? Do you do you see a close matchup like the first game, or do you see a more decisive game? And do and, and does Post Falls have a chance? They they're zero and two against Coeur d'Alene this year. That I had that first game um, on Idaho Sports, and you know in that first matchup, I was impressed with the the guard play from Post Falls, and they played really good on defense. Um, Coeur d'Alene countered in that second game and really shut down the second chance points. Um, from the Trojans and they just clamped down on defense and forced a lot of turnovers. And that was kind of the, you know, so I look at Coeur d'Alene coming into this game. I got to be honest. I think Coeur d'Alene beats them by 20. And I, that's nothing against post falls. I think that's just the nature of Coeur d'Alene right now is that they're going to play like the bear that's been poked coming out of hibernation. Um, and they didn't sleepwalk through that game last night. Cause it was a 63 57 girls basketball game. That's, that's crazy banana scoring. Um, you know, so like, it's not like nobody was, was paying attention for that game. Um, that was just, I think a better effort by Lake city down the stretch to close that one out. But I think Coeur d'Alene comes into this one with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, they've got a, they're, they're going to prove something with an ax to grind. Like I, I really, I wouldn't want to be post falls in that game. Um, just because I think Coeur d'Alene with so much at risk and at stake, um, post falls has kind of been coming away a little bit this year with playing with like house money, like, not a lot of people were were counting on them to win the league championship to start the year, and they really came out like gangbusters and had a great year. So, you know, Coeur d'Alene coming down the stretch, I, I, you know, I pray for the Trojans a little bit because I think Coeur d'Alene's gonna gonna take it to them. No offense to Post Falls, they're a great team, but 
yeah, Coach Simons and that team, no, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going to be a fun one, and that will be on Thursday night, six thirty at Coeur d'Alene High. Yep, uh, that'll be a good one. Okay, real quick, let's get everybody caught up on what else is going on in districts four A Inland Empire League. Lakeland went to Moscow. The three Snuck seed. Knocked out. Now we say three seed, two seed. All these teams were jumbled together. It's a coin flip. <laughs> it, was, it was. It was literally a coin flip. <laughs> so what happened? Sandpoint won a coin flip with Moscow, and then Moscow won a subsequent coin flip with Lakeland. Is that how that works? Something I, like that. Yeah. And there was so multiple coin flips involved. So Lakeland drew the three seed. Mind you, Lakeland split with Sandpoint in the regular season, and I think they split with Moscow in the regular season too. So, like, nobody had the outright title. It was just for seeding alone. Um, so Sandpoint is the de facto number one seed and gets to host the best of three between them and Lakeland. Um, game one's tonight. It's going to be interesting. I think nobody knows. Like, I, I look at Lakeland, and they were sleepwalking in the first half of that Moscow game and then woke up. And, you know, Addie Kiefer went off for 20 in that game. Um, I I think Lakeland probably, I don't know, if you go athlete on athlete, I don't want to get in trouble for saying that. I like Lakeland. Um, but You're not going to get in trouble. Nobody's, okay. nobody's going to really, get you in trouble. Nobody cares. Okay. <laughs> but, you can have um, an opinion. That's fine. If we're going coaching, I like Sandpoint. I think they've got a great coaching staff, and they've been playing really good ball at times during the year, but it's the, kind of the roller coaster. Um, I think Lakeland's starting on an upward, upward rise late in the season. And so um, I'm going to take the Hawks in a sneaky appearance to state. All right. And in terms of coaches, man, Will Love for Sandpoint and Steve Seymour, who's been at Lakeland a long time, has won a lot Those of ball games with the two Hawks. Two very experienced individuals that, that have a wealth of knowledge and of the game and and know, know each other very well, too. Um, but I like, I like Addie Kiefer. Um, and, and what she brings to the table for the Hawks and being able to take over a game, especially when it matters, you know, she kind of willed her team to victory and that was, you know, the decisive factor in the fourth quarter for Lakeland. Yeah. Uh, this was not our original rundown, but I did want to mention, you mentioned daddy Kiefer real quick. Uh, big news last yeah. week was, was Tim Kiefer uh, her dad, yeah. stepping down from, uh, being the Lakeland football coach, uh, uh, Tim took over for his father, Terry Kiefer. This is the first time since what the seventies that there hasn't been a Kiefer that's coaching one year break in between Terry's first and second stint at Lakeland. And then, yeah, it's been since I think 78 since a Kiefer has been coaching at Lakeland. So, um, you know, death taxes and a Kiefer coaching Lakeland football, but I got a chance to coach with Tim, um, for, for a few years and, and, just a great guy. I mean, I, I love the guy to death and I got nothing bad to say about him. And I think he, he saw the timing of his kids are getting older and Harrison graduated a couple of years ago. Addie graduates this year and she's going to be playing college sports. And, you know, he sees the opportunity that he gets to be super fan. And, you know, as a dad, I took the same, same route. My, my son got older and like grew up as a little kid and he's still little, but um, I wanted to be at home more and it was an easy decision to, to be around and make that choice for family. So I'm never going to fault a parent to, to leave coaching, to, to be with family. Like that's family first, but um, no, he's a great guy. And I think, you know, we always talk about leaving a, a program better than when you found it. And the Kiefer certainly did that with Lakeland. Um, and he's leaving, you know, some great talent there for whoever takes over next, whether it's coach Atchison or whoever else they bring in um, from the outside. You know they're going to be in good hands. I, I trust that staff and and their hiring process between Trent, Derek, the 
the principal and, and Matt Neff, the athletic director, um, they're going to, they're going to do the right thing and, and find the right person to lead that program moving forward. But, you know, that was a team that was leading the state champion through three quarters. So um, for football next year, I don't think that the Lakeland Hawks are going to be, you know, hurting too bad next year. They return a lot of kids. So, yeah. Who Skyline, the 4A football champs this year, who gave Skyline their two toughest games, Sandpoint and Lakeland. That's Just right. Saying. That's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So congrats to, to Tim and stepping down. I, I won't fault him for that. And I wish him nothing but the best. He's a great guy and loves the game of football. And he likes, he loves his kids and uh, you know, the players on his team mean a lot. We went through a lot, you know, we lost a player um, after the 2017 season. And I think that, you know, you have something like that happen. It kind of brings things into perspective with your, with your athletes and, um, you know, I really saw him through that that process and the way he kind of didn't run from the situation and, and instead like kind of circled the wagons and got everybody more drawn into what they were doing. And, um, you know, I saw that and I, I got an immense amount of respect for for him through that that whole process and how that worked. Yeah, one of the good ones for sure. And you kind of have this uh, kind of this changeover in terms of a lot, you know, new faces coming into yeah. Lakeland. Matt Neff is in his first year as the athletic director. Tony Hanna, first year basketball yeah. coach, boys basketball Phil coach. Phil Helbling's out at Moscow now too. So yes. there's going to be a lot of new faces around in North Idaho in the next couple of years. So, yeah. Yeah. Nobody wanted it. Nobody, uh, nobody wants to play standpoint. That's, that's how I read <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Knowles can take credit for everybody leaving. <laughs> we're uh, we're kidding, of course, but I'm going to tag him in this post, by the way. <laughs> you should, <laughs> you should. That's uh that's funny. Okay. Real quick. Let's wrap up the rest of the girls basketball districts. We'll get back on, on track here Two a central Idaho conference or won the play in game over St. Mary's pretty easily. Uh, they'll play Grangeville now in the, in the best of three, um, I just, I don't see Grangeville lo- losing. Uh, they're going to go to state and, and now possibly we'll have the chance at the number one overall seed based on the max yep. preps rankings. So that's pretty exciting there. One AD one Wallace won the playing game over uh, G prep Genesis prep. Um, and now it's Wallace and Lakeside for the district championship tomorrow night, five 30, uh, at North Idaho college. And um, the winner of that advances to a play-in game against the third-place team from the White Pine League. Uh, Lapway and Prairie will play for the championship, so they both have already solidified their spots at state. I'm sure that shocked everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lapway and Prairie have combined to win, what is it, the last five? Yeah, one AD one titles. You look at the Max Preps rankings, and Lapway could realistically lose this game and get the number one seed at state. Like it's just, to me, I'm like, okay, <laughs> right. And so, so here's the big news: uh, the championship game is is tomorrow night, but the the third place game took place last night, and Clearwater yep. Valley defeated Troy forty six to forty one. So, so CV has advanced to that state play in game where they will play either Wallace. Or Lakeside, I, I got to tell you, uh, CV, I don't know. They just, they really struggled against the upper echelon teams in their league, like Lapway and Prairie. And so that that maybe gives me a little confidence for a Lakeside or a Wallace. Yeah, I like uh, the Lakeside Wallace winner against in that game, for sure. I think that the North gets the bid on both the girls and the boys. When I say the North, I mean the what the scenic Idaho conference gets the the bid and right. both the boys and girls in those in a playing situation this year. I like, I like both those programs. Wallace is tough. They're gritty. 
so is Lakeside. They've been kind of flying under the radar all year, and then down the stretch have just been absolutely, you know, smoking hot and getting a, a one point win at Wallace like was was a huge win. So, um, yeah, coming in down the stretch for State, I like either of those teams against Clearwater Valley, and that's not a not a shake to the Rams at all. But it's just I don't think that they had the same scheduling, and and the Rams, you know, when they played the teams that they're supposed to be close to, they got kind of beat up a little bit against, like you said, the upper echelon. But the other team that's kind of sneaking around out there is that the Clark Fork team. <laughs> It'd be interesting yeah, well, let's, to see what happens there. Let's talk about that 1AD2. Last year, uh, the district tournament was a winner-take-all showdown between Clark Fork and Mullen. Mullen won that game, got to state for the first time since 1986. Same deal this year. It was a one-game winner-take-all battle. It was Clark Fork against Kootenai this time. And Clark Fork wins 51 to 30. The Wampus Cats move into the state play-in game where they will play the third place, <clears throat> excuse me, the third place team from uh District 2, the White Pine League. That's still to be determined. The district championship game will be tonight, Wednesday, February 9th at 6 p.m. Number one, Kendrick against number two, Deary. I like Kendrick there. Yep. And then Deary would have to turn around and play Nez Purse in the third place game. And the winner of that would move to the play in game against Clark Fork. So yeah. A lot, only, a lot to be decided. There, yeah. So. Only eight miles separate the two teams between Kendrick and Deary on, on highway three. And, um, you know, that's going to be a good, a good ball game between those two programs. And I like the tigers and that one, obviously we've been picking them a lot this year. Um, they played a tough kind of back end of their, their non-conference schedule too. Like, you know, drawing Grangeville and Prairie, um, just to really kind of test themselves and see where they're at and obviously took a few losses there. But um, Kendrick is a, is a good team, and they're battle-tested. Deary has been kind of sneaking in under the radar later in the year. They've been kind of coming into this game on a roll. Um, you know, in a play-in game, Nez Perce, Clark Fork, Deary, Clark Fork. I like Deary over Clark Fork, but if it was Nez Perce, I like Clark Fork over Nez Perce. But that's just how I go. <laughs> Yeah, a lot, a lot to be decided still there. And Kendrick, man, it it drives me nuts. All these media people that vote in the polls each week. Kendrick was like fourth in the yeah. poll, and I'm the only person voting Kendrick one. And it's like, look at their. <laughs> oh well, they're 17 and five, and this it's team. Like, yeah, is, but look who they played. <laughs> they've lost to Grangeville twice. Okay, Prairie the number one, twice. The number one seed in two A, the number one seed in one A. Like, I'm okay and, with. And and then they lost to a team from New Jersey at their national tournament in Orlando, Florida that they went to. It's like, what do you have to do? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know what's going to happen? And the, the narrative, the quote unquote narrative at state is going to be, oh boy, this scrappy Kendrick team came out of nowhere. And you know what? The same thing happened last year. Kendrick got to state. Everybody underestimated them. They got all the way to the championship and were a bad quarter away from winning the thing with no yep. seniors. Yeah. And the same thing's going to happen this year. And everyone's going to go, boy, Kendrick is better than we thought. No, you and I, Ryan, we know, we know how good Kendrick is. Everybody else is sleeping on him. So yeah, they're going to take a page out of the football team too. And then go back and they're going to get state this year. And the boys basketball team might be threatening to do the same thing. So yes, we'll see. Yeah. It's a good time to be a tiger. That's for sure. That's right. Um, all right. Well, that, that'll do it for this week's edition uh, of the North Idaho prep cast on idahosports.com. Next week, we're, we're going to do uh, something a little bit different. We're going to do our, our state tournament preview special. This is something we do uh, live. So we're, we're going to do a live stream Tuesday night on all of our social media, Twitter, Facebook, our YouTube channel, where uh, we are going to bring on 
the the play-by-play broadcasters that are going to be broadcasting for idahosports.com at all the different state tournaments so you know we're going to start at seven o'clock with a 5a preview 715 will be the 4a 733a and we'll move on through talking to so uh ryan you got you got the week off next week we're going to just take this state tournament preview and we're going to just we're going to populate it into all of our podcast feeds um because i had a a family commitment that i couldn't get out of and that's okay and so i won't be doing the state tournament for the girls side this year and which is i'm missing out because i would have had the 3a draw which i was really looking forward to um, but yeah, it's going to be a great tournament. I'm looking forward to what you guys are bringing next week and I'll make sure that I'll have my, uh, my computer on and listening the whole entire time. So for sure, uh, Ryan, I'm going to be broadcasting the one AD one. So there's going to be, you got a Ryan, good draw. Yeah. Lab yeah, you got good games. Yeah. So I'm, I'm expecting you to text me with some little nuggets of info. Uh, I'll have to have a uh, case. Why not dad send you a t-shirt too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, so you're going to see some new faces and hear some new voices next week on the North Idaho prep cast. And then, but we'll be back with Ryan the following week to talk about state wrestling, which is going to be awesome. So, I'm looking forward to that one. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in to the North Idaho PrepCast. Enjoy the competitions this weekend, everybody. Uh, For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on idahosports.com.